0: How's it going, guys? I hope you're all staying safe. On today's episode, I have the esteemed privilege of talking to one of my favourite photographers and one of the best portrait photographers in the UK, Phil Sharp. Following on from an episode last week where I discussed influences and favourite photographers and I brought Phil up. He actually responded via Instagram to say thank you, which I was pretty staggered by. It was a wonderful thing to receive. And after a little bit of back and forth, he has graciously agreed to appear on the podcast. So here we go. I think the obvious place that I want to start is just uh, how you got into photography, what inspired you to get started, and really did you start photographing people straight away?
1: So when I was younger, I wanted to uh, get into filmmaking more. Like that was my kind of passion growing up, was more cinema. Uh, And I had started a, a sort of film degree uh, it wasn't really getting on with it, uh, and so I, I kind of dropped out of that. And a friend was doing a uh, photography national diploma right. in uh, at North, Northampton College, so I sort of I thought I I'd learn about cameras and lenses and uh, and that it would be related. So so I started doing that and enjoyed it. Uh, and I suppose I always felt that there was. Uh, it would be you're less reliant on other people in the photography world. It seems a more realistic kind of way of of making a living uh, yep. than than being a filmmaker. I suppose, although I always sort of like the idea of 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 filmmaking as well. But. Um, uh, but yeah, so that was that was that was the sort of the very start and then I started working with a guy in Northampton called uh Rhys Frampton, who yep. is now a very good fashion photographer. Um but we I mean this is going back sort of seventeen years. So we both okay. were completely clueless really, but we sort of you know tried to tried to figure it out together in those very early days um and then yeah just kind of been chipping away at for them but uh, in terms of my professional yeah portraiture has always been how I've sort of seen my work in a professional it's 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 people are more likely to pay you to take pictures of people than uh, than anything else that interests right. me, I suppose. I, I'm not not particularly interested in sort of still life in terms of um, uh, uh, food photography or, or, or you know or product photography. So yeah. in terms of actually a commercial kind of aspect, then, I, then yeah, sort of portraiture. But some of my personal work is not portraiture. So I'm interested in, in in sort of documentary photography or landscape, more sort of urban landscape, that kind of stuff as well. But most virtually all of my professional work is portraiture.
0: And and who are your main clients at the moment? Is it like actors or models or who's your main clients?
1: So my 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 work is kind of split up. Uh, between yeah, working with with uh, actors and and actors' agencies, um, and models and um, modeling agencies, that's kind of one sector. Uh, and then I have quite a lot of editorial clients, um, <clears throat> so just different magazines or websites, uh, and then commercial clients as well comes along okay. less often, but sort of pays more when it does. So, yeah, I suppose those those three areas.
0: Well, I definitely see a cinematic element to the way that your your images sort of that lovely na- narrow depth of field. The the um, the framing always seems to be the most considered approach with um, your your work. There always seems to be like a very considered amount of headroom. Is it the the interest in cinema that's kind of led you to that style with the way that you're shooting?
1: i think I think it's informed something sort of fundamental about how I light, where I guess I'm quite conscious of lighting the subject in a way that helps sort of suggest a story uh, with with a human face, I suppose I mean I think. I find like human faces are interesting. A a well taken photograph of a human face will be interesting. And, um, you know, you don't you almost have to don't work. You you almost don't have to work too hard in some Mm. regards because 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 a face is interesting, it's something fundamental about us as humans that that we enjoy looking at human faces and we're so good at reading emotion, you know, we're that that I think it can be quite subtle, yeah. And that that but but the viewer will kind of get a lot of feeling out of it. Um, so I guess in in some ways, yeah. There's there's a sort of idea of of narrative being inherent in 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 a kind of yeah in a, a well lit scene with a subject in.
0: So your, your sessions, if you've got a client coming in, obviously at the moment, uh, you're probably not, not doing too much. because Not, not at the moment. A, um, but if you're having a client come in to say today, how long does a session last? You know, do you spend a certain amount of time with them beforehand to kind of build up a, a rapport? How does a session work with you? Uh,
1: so, I mean, one of the fundamental things about how I work is that there's no time limit. Uh, right, like I only work with like one subject today uh, it's to me completely counterproductive to kind of set some kind of limit on 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 it because um, fundamentally i'm I'm trying to get the shot for me, even though the client is paying me and they want a good shot if If I really break it down, if I get a good shot for me, then that will be a good shot. Them so, um, so it would be completely counterproductive to kind of if I haven't got the shot yet to say, Well, time's up because,
0: yeah, uh,
1: you know, so, um, so, but I would say, I mean, anywhere between, I mean, I have sort of slightly different like levels of service that people can get for, mm-hmm. for if you're an actor, but I would say, on average, between. Uh, so I suppose at the low end sort of two and a half hours up to sort of four and a half hours um something like like that um and yeah I mean yeah you spend a bit of time getting to to know somebody before I start shooting but but equally I'll get to know them as I'm shooting so uh I think each, you know, each person comes into the room with a completely different energy. So I think it's important to, to, to read that. And, um, yeah, sometimes you've got to be very gentle with somebody, uh, and, you know, other times people, you know, happy just to crack on, no problem.
0: Are you are you um different in the way that you work with someone that's very new to being in front of a in front of a camera for so obviously if you're photographing actors they're used to movement and they're used to it being like a fluid thing and photos are very different are you are you much more tentative with someone like that than someone that's more experienced uh
1: yeah i mean i think if if somebody has even a a, a, i'm generally not working with anybody that doesn't have any experience at all so um they might not have a huge amount of experience in a in a sort of photography studio with a steel camera but what i try to encourage is that it's actually not that different like i see it a lot with headshot photographers websites where they talk about the subject like just being themselves and know that you've got to try and uh just be natural but i mean Mm -hmm. these are very abstract concepts for a person to try and think about they don't really make any sense i don't think so right um so you know actors their training and their um, experience to me suggest that they're good at performing and so the this, this pictures will look like the person. They are fundamentally of the person, but I think it's more helpful for subjects to approach it like a subject. So it's a perform to, to approach it as a performance rather. So um, it's more... There's,
0: a, there's like- a quote by Margot Robbie where she talked about um, being on photo shoots and she said she's so sick of photographers asking her to be herself because she's in the career that she's in because she doesn't want to be herself.
1: Well, exactly, exactly. I mean, but I would say all actors basically think the same thing. And it doesn't mean anything. What does that mean? Be yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, like in a, if you're in a, a studio you've never been in before, you know, it could be a nice, friendly, warm atmosphere, but like you're not sat at home in your pajamas. So yep. it's, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to sort of try and expect somebody just to like... Um, so so you know i think it sets photography it sets subjects way more at ease if you say this is a space where you can perform like there's no script and the the, it's, the the experience is going to be different to what you're used to but the some of the experience you have will be useful so it's an improvisation but and there's no dialogue but you know what I, what I really want is a sense of performance. And yeah, it c- can be very subtle, you, you know, I don't tend to get my subjects doing very much, but um, I think one of the tricks is, you know, I just play music loudly. I mean, I, well, you know, I'm always asking people a lot of questions and get to a point where we feel like, you know, we have a, you know each other a bit, but at the same time, it's a professional environment And, uh, you know, you're both there to do a job, so let's, you know, get the job done. Um, and so, yeah, I think, you know, music is, is vital. Like music can change the mood, uh, you know, instantly and a good actor will allow that to happen. Yes. Uh, and then you can, and then you can see it on people's faces, um, I think if you give
0: someone a big, uh, like a very big uh, emotion, and have them portray it in a subtle way, that's when you get really amazing expression from someone.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah you're not going I for think. like
0: cartoon character levels of like you know look happy, look sad, but you you can give them uh, like an overriding theme or just an exactly. overriding mood, and they can just work little increments of it. Exactly, exactly.
1: And you know, they'll 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 come a point when uh and and that's where I think you know the the real kind of skill as a photographer comes in is feeling those moments um and yeah knowing when everything has sort of slipped into place um and, and sometimes those moments might only last for like five ten seconds because it can feel very contrived quite quickly and you don't, it's, you know, it's, 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 you're just what, you're just trying to grab a couple of frames when those moments kind of land, you know, and in a, and in a say three hour session, there might only be, uh, maybe 20 of those moments. Yeah. You know, Uh, um, and you might not get anything for an hour and a half. Yeah. But, then you know, then you start getting it. And what's amazing is how people you, you you'll see it straight away, and the subject will see it. So if if I feel like it's been a, it's 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 been a you know we've been shooting for an hour and a half, and it's like ah, it's, yeah, it's, we've got something, but you're still not. When the moment hits, and I'll always show people what I'm shooting as I'm going along, um, then they'll. You know, ninety nine times out of a hundred be like, ah, there it is. And it can be yeah. so, so subtle. It's 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 very, very uh mysterious in a way, but you sort of you know it when you've got it.
0: So well it's it's something that I think uh, especially newer photographers um get wrong is they sort of work out their ratio of good photos to bad photos and determine their success based on that. When I think the more and more I talk to people um, who work in various a- uh, aspects of photography, provided you can get through to the the one photo you wanted or the you know the one set that you wanted, then that's exactly what you want. Like it doesn't matter that it's taken you a hundred photos or an hour and a half to get there because you've got there. Oh that's yeah, the process.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, in I'll often take. 800 frames plus um and yeah i mean i'm happy i'm happy if there's one really strong one but from a kind of providing of a service you know there should be probably yeah 30 odds i suppose that work yeah. um so it's it's a small percentage and i think as well inexperienced subjects uh I, I kind of trying to make every shot count when it's like it's not really you know you don't need to do that it's like we're both you're both sort of working towards a place that that where it works um yeah you know not every single frame is 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 a winner you know and often i'm again with a with an inexperienced subject you know i'm just sometimes shooting just to for them to get used to the the rhythm of how i shoot or Or whatever you know it's 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 and and, you know and i will try and get a sort of use to someone's face and so the first sort of 20 minutes i'm just getting them to turn their head in a very um methodical way just so i can understand the sort of angles of their face or or these kind of things it's not even really about like taking a good photograph it's more you know what what lens might work with this person um So, yeah, it's a it's a more kind of just technical exercise at the start before I even really start thinking about taking a good photograph.
0: Have you ever found yourself um, looking at uh, sort of looking down the barrel of a shoot where you're, you know, an hour in and it's the two of you just aren't clicking. The image is just it's not really progressing. Um, And how do you deal with that? If you've got something where it's just not quite going the way you want it to go, how do you kind of kickstart it?
1: Uh, I mean, it depends on the subject. I mean, I had recently a kind of subject that was just not taking any direction, really. Uh, Right. Not not working with me, so I just said it's not going to work out. (laughs) I can't. Yeah. I can't, you know, so I just... So you just have to
0: draw a line under it.
1: Yeah, on that occasion. I mean, that's happened maybe twice in the past eight years. That's pretty but if the person is working with me as well then uh then 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 i've n- never really had a problem it's like you get there you figure it out
0: yeah yeah um as far as your setup goes in uh, i'm assuming you do you have your own studio Yep. okay so uh, take me through your studio like uh, how you use the space how many lights you're generally using
1: uh <clears throat> so I mean, it's not huge—about ten meters by five meters, I think. Uh, yeah. Pretty, pretty high ceilings though, um, and two large south-facing windows, so get plenty of light. I'm up on the fourth floor. Oh, amazing! Um, so, you know, I have a bit a lot of sky, um, with a lot of light coming in. So, um, uh so I mean, my for for the for the kind of uh, work I do with actors, the key light is often natural light, um, yep. and then, I mean this is constantly evolving. But I suppose this is my yeah, current yeah. setup. Um, I usually will have uh, a kino as a as a kicker as a little side light. Yep, uh, uh, and. I've also started using a little uh, Profoto B10 as a sort of hair light on a yep. boom. Um, and then it's, yeah, it's careful kind of flagging of those lights with poly boards and to make sure everything is, yeah, you know that the there's, there's, there's subtlety is the key element uh, in lots of ways. So, you know,
0: um yeah I mean one thing I'm when I'm looking back at I'm, I'm kind of going through your images now and um I think the first thing that really drew me to your work and it's such a bizarre thing to kind of focus in on uh, was actually just your use of headroom and quite a lot of headshot photographers want very tight shots that are kind of cutting through the top of the head a little bit of space at the bottom whereas some of your images like I'm looking back now there are there are some that are you know more headroom than person and it's it's really it's really nice you know how do you how do you see headroom as being used as like a narrative tool how do you How do you work out that you're gonna put that much headroom in
1: uh, I mean, I guess <clears throat> the trick is i don't know I mean it's all about making an interesting photograph, so I don't worry too much about it being a headshot or you know with sort of what are the conventions of of that particular form are fairly yeah. irrelevant because it's, you know, 2020, is it an interesting photograph? Like, that will... Um, that's that's what's important. So, but, I mean, the specifics... Um, I mean, I think it is just about some sense of just balance or... Uh, uh, how I sort of feel about the subject, I suppose. Uh, Yeah.
0: um, It's not something you approach uh, from the point of view like of wanting it to be your style. It's it's actually just how you feel in the moment, taking the photo.
1: Yeah. 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 I don't, it's not a, like the sort of the headroom thing. I mean, I'll always, I tend to use certain crop ratios as a rule. So either 10 by eight, or sort of five by seven as a sort yep. of different ratios, but yeah, in terms of the actual positioning of the subject within the frame, uh, yeah, it, it's it's there's no overriding kind of stylistic choice choice. It's it is just dependent on the subject.
0: Okay. It's, it's just something that um, I, spe- I think, especially when you have clients, you see a lot of people try and fit a certain mold um, a- and try and make sure that, you know, you're kind of ticking all the boxes you've seen other people tick the boxes of. Whereas your work in terms of color and composition just seems to be very, very different from a lot of people I see in the same wheelhouse. If I could change gears a little bit, um, what are you using in the way of like camera um, lenses and so on?
1: Uh, so at the moment I'm using a Fujifilm GFX 50s uh, and I use the Fujinon um, <clears throat> 110 and 63mm and then I use a Zeiss Otis 85mm and 55mm uh, yep. and I've just started adapting a couple of uh leica lenses i've got a 35 mil f2 yep and a um uh 75 mil 2.5 uh leica lens um
0: and, and have you always shot medium format
1: no, no. I mean, when I started, uh, you know, fifteen odd years ago, twenty years ago, I was using uh, Mamiya RZ. Yeah. Pre pre-dig- pre digital age. Um, but yeah, and I was using a, a camera called a Kodak 14N, which was a very early digital at the time it was the sort of highest resolution digital camera you could get 14 megapixel SLR. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, then I sort of, you know, muddled through with, with that. And then really it was the, um, Canon 5D Mark II, which was the sort of game changer, really, I think for a lot of, yeah. a lot of photographers, uh, Definitely. um, so I was using that for a few years. I think I made the Mark II, the Mark III. Uh, <clears throat> then I switched and was using uh, Sony uh, A7R. I used an A7R Mark II. Yeah, and then I switched to Fuji.
0: So did you find the switch to medium format helped you get closer to uh, the, the look of the image that you were after?
1: Yes, so... I feel like uh, because I shoot very closely and in a very kind of clean uh, style that I really squeeze everything out of the equipment that I use. Like you can see it in the pictures. Um, So uh, yeah, for me, it was a bit of a no brainer, really. I mean, I was looking at phase one stuff before Fuji released the GFX so for me it was you know yeah it was it was it was saved me from crippling myself with 30 grand's worth of debt (laughs) um so yeah and I've always you know I was using um Canon 85mm uh 1.8 I think it is sort of their kind of cheapest 85mm prior. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah this 1.8. Um, yeah,
1: but it's a, a great—it's a great lens. But you know, as soon as I could afford it, I upgraded to the 1.2, and mm-hmm. you know, it, same focal length, essentially doing the same job, but in a in a sort of headshot, close-up uh, kind of composition. Like you can—you can really see the difference. Um yeah. and then you know, upgraded to the Zeiss Otis, which again was, you know, it's just a lens that's doing exactly the same job, but it just does it a little bit better. So, um, so yeah, I decided at one point I was just going to use the best equipment I could, you know, possibly afford or, you know, put myself in debt for. So, um, yeah, you know, that's... that's
0: well, it's obviously working really well for you. Um, one thing I'm asking everybody at the moment, because obviously we're kind of in unprecedented times, is how are you using the downtime currently?
1: Well, I still have a lot of editing to do for clients that I've shot, and clients are still sending me their editing to do. <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm.
1: So people that I've shot two, three, four weeks ago uh have been have been sort of choosing images so they're they're sending me stuff um so yeah i was doing all that last week i have probably by the end of this week i think i shall be sort of clear of all my work um and then i will be sorting out my studio i will be tinkering with my website uh I shall be uh entering photography competitions, have a look at my portfolio, uh I suppose contacting potential clients. I mean in some ways it is a bit of a a blessing, this sort of downtime just to get because I, I never thought I would be able to clear my editing backlog. You know, it's just it just yeah it's always loads of editing and it will take me normally about a month from when people send me their requests to me to actually get round to doing it. So it's, you know, it's quite a long time that people have to wait. Um, so it would be great just to be on top of that. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I'm lucky in that my studio is in the same building as where I live. So I can, you know, be at home or be in my studio very easily. So
0: I do have one question because I've noticed uh, looking back at your work that you shot John Kerry and how did how did that come about what was that like
1: Uh, that was through a website called uh, 52 Insights which is a uh, a kind of interview platform uh, that yeah seems to get interviews with with interesting people I I had worked with them a couple of times before um who had i shot for them before there's a guy that one of the guys that came up with reddit i can't remember his name
0: oh wow okay
1: he's married to serena williams i think um so there was him and there was somebody else oh um uh the japanese musician um He's, yeah my brain is, is a bit blank but yeah a couple that's of great right. subjects and so um yeah and so it was just like oh do you want to go and meet you know take some pictures of john Kerry? so it was great it was just he and i in a in a in a hotel conference room <clears throat> together for for sort of 20 minutes half an hour amazing um yeah yeah so i mean that's one of the great things about this work is that you get to just yeah have these little experiences with people on a on a sort of level playing field in a way you know it's not yeah you're sort of um yeah you're 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 sort of on a level level playing field so it's it's yeah it's a real real privilege to be able to do those
0: sorts of things so in in that vein if you don't mind me asking i do like to ask anyone that I know that does portraits, um, who would, def- if you could pick five people out of anybody in existence, who would be the five people you'd love to photograph?
1: I don't know. At the risk of sort of dodging the question, <laughs> I think it, it, I don't know, it really isn't, it's, for me, it is all about the, the, the sort of, just the faces. So, yeah. I mean, somebody who I'd like to photograph, I'm a Watford fan, so I'd love to photograph Troy Deeney who yeah. has has a unusual kind of face and i would be interested in seeing if i could get a good i've seen some good pictures of him but he you know i just think that would be an interesting kind of uh exercise
0: he's in, a big character as well
1: yeah exactly exactly yeah he's an interesting guy uh i think he would be any I, i've known a couple of people that have shot him and you know have said that he's he's very easy to spend time with. So, uh, so there would be, I think that would be interesting, but I don't know. I mean, I will be walking down the street today and I will see faces that I would like, love to photograph. Um, so
0: do you ever approach people? I mean, I did, I did,
1: um, I've done a couple of kind of street projects. uh, um, I did one that was kind of based on not going any further than 100 yards from my front door, basically. So I was living down in Stoke Newington at the time. Um, And, uh, yeah, I was just seeing a lot of interesting people just, like, past my window. So I was just decided just to kind of shoot everyone that was walking up and down the high street. I'll send you a link to the uh, yeah, that'd
0: be some, amazing.
1: Some, some, some of that project is online. Uh, so yeah, and I, I do enjoy doing that, and I will go back to doing that at some point. Um, but it, yeah, that is a, a different kind of psychological battle in a way because, uh, yeah, obviously you're, you're sort of breaking the social contract in those contexts. And yeah, you know, I think people love that sort of work because it is so hard to do, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, yeah. it's it's approaching, approaching strangers and asking to take their picture. It's, you know, a lot of people, uh, understandably sort of find it hard to do. And I do, but once you're kind of in the mode of doing it, it's actually a huge amount of fun and kind of weirdly addictive in a way. Yeah. Um, so, I actually I kind of get the feeling that once this uh, kind of pandemic is is kind of out of the way, that might be the first thing that I sort of throw myself into okay. as a way of as a way of kind of reconnecting a bit and yeah, getting a getting a sense of 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 where people are at, and I kind of feel like people will be op- be open to it as well.
0: Yeah, I way. think I feel this, like people, this has created more of a sense of community, right?
1: Yeah, I kind of almost feel like, you know, we don't know how it's going to work, but say like, you know, day one, everyone's back on the streets. If you're out there with a camera, people will be coming up to you and being like, hey, what are you up to? You know? Yeah. Uh, which happens in some countries, you know. The US is a bit more like that when I've kind of been over there. But in the in the UK, you know, we're a bit more reserved by... I kind of feel like at least to begin with, everyone will be a bit more like, I don't know what the word is, but uh, yeah, a bit more open to to that kind of thing.
0: I think people will just be very enthusiastic and positive when they first come out before things kind of slip back to being typically British, where we're all quite reserved and pessimistic.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so too. I think there'll be some kind of deep underlying changes in our psychology that will be very very subtle but yeah I feel like everything they will be very very different for a while and then everything will revert to you know how things yeah. were
0: yeah I, I don't think it's um it's like a, a permanently altering uh societal thing it's just going to be initially everyone's just going to be so happy to be back in the real world and happy to be back out there that you know that everyone will be positive and just happy to be through it
1: yeah 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 exactly yeah
0: well, I want to say thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know, obviously, it's a crazy time to be talking to a random stranger on a phone about photography, but um, no, no, last, no, week, last week, last week, I named for... you as a, I named you last week as a photographer of influence of mine, one of my favorite photographers, and you oh, reached out to say thanks. I, I was, wasn't expecting anyone to even um, acknowledge it. So that was really nice of you. And, and you've been kind enough to do this. So um, oh. what I want to do is make sure that everyone knows where they can find your work. So websites, Instagram, and so on, where can they find you?
1: Uh, so my website is philsharp-photo.com, yep. uh, and just um, Instagram is at philsharp with no e, so you can uh, you can find me there as well.
0: Would you also like to plug your second Instagram?
1: Well, there's a link to that on the. I mean, that's just Phil Sharp. Point 2 uh, so yeah there's a link to that in the bio of my my main Instagram account
0: um, but I do I think both are definitely like worth a follow
1: uh, thanks thanks
0: um, no honestly it's been amazing to have you on thank you so much I really appreciate it and uh, hopefully when all this is over we get to see lots and lots more of your photos
1: well there'll be lots more to come over the next few weeks as I edit
0: my back
1: backlog so yeah
0: that's going to help us get through things, I think. Mm.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, no worries, not at all. Pleasure.
2: I once felt I'm done with the defense Drove back and climb over your fence Had to show show you that I was a mess So you were shrugging your shoulders Some closed stuff, that's what I told you Soon enough, everything started to change there's no going back, no going back There's no going back to your own life now Living in the past, we're over there I'm feeling it tonight Riding on the dizzying high. sunsets, remember the colors they were wrong it was way more than a dream Riding on the dizzying high